All right, Rabbi good morning, good morning. Let us, let us begin. Baruch Hashem, a good Chodesh. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors. All of our sponsors, Amir Hashem for, oh, I think our, I think our Tishrei sponsors get one more day. Good, makes sense, makes sense, good. So to thank our, our, our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Tishrei, Dr. Linda Weinberg, Sarah and Ricky Gratz, Julia, Rina, and Eve, in loving memory of their husband, father, Zayda, Dr. Paul Weinberg, Paris, Moshe, Ben Avram, David. We thank Ayala and Sarah Steinberg for dedicating the Shi'urim this month in the Shkos of Rafur Shalema, for Shulam Bas Susha, Adam and Yudit Ben Zev. In the source of all of our tefillos being Nisqabel. Our week of learning sponsors, Avi Zeisman, creation of the art site of his grandfather, Avraham ben Aaron, Tzvi and Shein Dishir, in honor of the Kehila, and Shmuel and Shira Pepper, in honor of Ari Lerner and all he does for the shul. Our day of learning sponsors, Gail and Doug Stanger, in memory of Gail's mother and Alana Weinberg's and family's grandmother, Mamam, Fruma, Bella, Bas, Chaya, Beleib, Zichron, Livracha, and the de- anonymous dedication as schus for good health, and Besoros Tovos for Rachel, Bas, Chana, Pasha. We hope then of the merit of our Talmud Torah. All the Neshama Sahab and Aliyah, the families in Nechama, all those who require a refuah should have one together with Kol Chole Yisrael. Rabosi, with that, let us begin today a Guten Chodesh. What a schus it is, Baruch Hashem, to learn this beautiful, beautiful Gemara together. On Rosh Chodesh, so I will say today's daf is Kof Yudalif, second to last daf in Meseches Ksuvis. We are picking up Emir Tzashem on Kof Yud Amid Beis 110b, 110b, and I believe we left off Nasa Isha, is that correct? Good, Nasa Isha. So I will say, so 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. 12, 14, 16 lines up from the bottom. So, Nasi Isha. Sigmar says, The Mishnah seems to pose an inherent contradiction. How so? Katani, Nasi Isha, Baris Yisrael, Vigar The Mishnah talked about a case of a man who marries a woman in Eretz Yisrael and then divorces her in Kapotkia. So, remember again, no Silamimos, Eretz Yisrael. So, the, the Mishnah said that, You pay her out her Ksuva in Eretz Yisrael money. Okay. Alma, so we'll see what that sounds like is the currency used for ksuva payment is determined by where the marriage took place. Literally, where the shibud. Where did the obligation occur? Wherever the obligation occur, that is the type of currency that you use. Look, yet, look at the end of the Mishnah. If you married a woman in Kapotkia and you divorce in Eretz Yisrael, no Eretz Yisrael. Says once again, you pay with Eretz Yisrael currency. Alma Basar Govaina Azlinan. That sounds like you currency, the type of currency you use is determined by what? By where? By where the ksuva is being collected. So what's going on over here? Amrab is a contradiction. Mikule ksuva shano kan mikule ksuva shano kan kasav ksuva dirabana. So we'll say this particular opinion holds that the ksuva obligation is a dirabanan. Ksuva obligation is a dirabanan, or at least the type of currency used. Well, we'll call ksuva obligation is a dirabanan. And Okirashi, Kane Kilubiksuva Vizu Achas Mikulek Suva. There are certain kulas built into Ksuva because Ksuva's Dirabanon. One of the Ksuvas, the one excuse me, one of the kulas, one of the leniencies that's built in is that you could always use the lesser type of currency in order to satisfy the Ksuva debt. So as we pointed out in yesterday's app, the Kapotkia currency is a stronger form, a more expensive form of currency. Therefore, one could use the lesser form of currency, the currency of Eretz Yisrael. And that doesn't make a difference for every getting married or every getting divorced, as long as, now the, the key is, 
some part of the marriage or divorce has to be happening in Eretz Yisrael. Right? As we're going to see in just a moment, if at the end of the day nothing happens in Eretz Yisrael, then perhaps you can't. But as long as one of the stages is happening, you could use Eretz Yisrael currency. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Omer, no simos kabot. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel said, you pay with kaput currency, kasavik suva daraisa. He holds that suvas daraisa. And because Ksuvah is the right, so therefore you have to use the higher form currency. So Tan Rabbanon, let's analyze. Hamosi Shachal Vachabero, Kasuv Bo Bovel, Magbevi Mos Bovel, Kasuv Baritz Yisrael, Magbevi Mos Baritz Yisrael. So Osnathic Mara brings the case of Raisa. Person, let's say, goes ahead, Ruvain lends Shimon money, and Ruvain produces the Shtar. So now I both say, let's say again, Ruvain lends Shimon $10,000. So both say, as you begin to see, there, there are different ways you can get paid $10,000, right? Is it American dollars? Is it shekel? Is it the, what, what, what currency are you getting paid in? So the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, the, right, the Mishnah says, that everything depends on the location recorded in the Shtar. So if the location recorded in the Shtar is Babel, you pay Babylonian currency, Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael currency, Kasuv Bostam. What happens if there's no location? Because I both say, remember, a loan document doesn't really require a location, right? Let's say again, you happen to go ahead and not include any location. So what's that halacha? So then, if the if the document is produced in Eretz Yisrael, you use Eretz Yisrael money. Bavel, Bavel money. Kasev bo kasef stam. What happens if it just says stam silver? Kasef, I should say kasef. So mashiyirtsa lova magbeu. Whatever the borrower wants to pay back in, he has the ability to pay back in. So whatever type of currency he wants to go out and pay back the loan with, he can. Now, this, what we just said is not true by Ksuva. So I hear, which part is not true by Ksuva? The first part of that we mentioned doesn't apply to Ksuba, to exclude the opinion of Rabbi namely that Rabbi Shem the Gemara seems to be siding with the idea that Ksuba is Dirabanon, and because Ksuba is Dirabanon, therefore what? Therefore, the husband could choose to pay it with whatever currency he wants to. Incredible. So, Kasav Bal Kesav Stamash Yirzlova Mabeo. So, Rabbi Shem said that if the loan document just says kesef stam, right? Just says silver, right? Kesef money. So again, the low of the borrower can pay back with whatever type of currency he wants. So the ema naska, maybe it means a bar of silver. Maybe the borrower could just pay back with a bar of silver, meaning repayment doesn't require currency at all. No, no, no. It does use the word matbea, a coin, right? So the ema priti, maybe it's prutas, right? Prutas. So you can pay back $10,000 in uh, prutas, which of us would be a little bit onerous. So Amra Papa, priti de kaspolo avdienshi. People, people don't make prutos out of silver. They don't make prutos out of silver. Okay. Turn out about us. So we'll say, so now we're transitioning a little bit. We're going to have the incredible schos. We have the incredible schos to learn some magnificent gemaras about Eretz Yisrael. And as you can say, if we're not yet zocha to be in Eretz Yisrael, at least we could be Zoha to learn about Eretz Yisrael. You know, whenever you learn about something, the, um, the Menei Sascha brings down, he brings down a, he, a beautiful idea at the end, on Simchas Torah, very quickly. The Menei Sascha says, Yom Tiv comes to a close, and often, a year, the Jew feels a little bit depressed, right? Because here, Yom Tovim were so beautiful, so magnificent, so uplifting. Now Yom Tiv ends, and, and what do I have? What do I have? You know, it's, it's like a long, cold winter. 
up until up until Hanukkah time. So Bnei Yisachar says something so beautiful. He says it's not true. He says if you ever want to feel like you're in the sukkah, open up Masecha sukkah. Open up Masecha sukkah. Right? Learn the Gemara. Learn the halacha. You want to go ahead and you feel like you're experiencing tekiah shofar? Open up Masechas Rosh Hashanah. Learn about the tekiahs. The Bnei Yisachar says when you learn about something, when, when you when you when you envelop yourself in the Torah of something. You re-experience it. So if it works for sukkah and it works for shofar, then it works for Eretz Yisrael as well. If we don't yet have the schos to be in Eretz Yisrael, by learning about Eretz Yisrael, it's a quasi kiyum, a quasi-experience of being there as well. So let's go. Let's go together. Turn around, on. Le'olam yadr adam Eretz Yisrael. person should always try to live in Eretz Yisrael. Afilu bi'ir sheruba ovdei kochavim ve'al yadr b'chutzaraz afilu bi'ir sheruba Yisrael. It was an incredible, incredible statement. It is better to live in Eretz Yisrael, in a place that is predominantly not Jewish, than it is to live in the diaspora, in a place that is predominantly Jewish. Incredible. Why? This is pretty straightforward. Because anyone who lives in Eretz Yisrael, it's like he has a God. A striking Gemara. Whoever lives outside of the land of Israel, it's as if he does not have a God. Is that true? A person who doesn't live in Eretz Yisrael doesn't have a God? So this was an attempt to like make it better. I don't know if this makes it better, right? No, no, it doesn't mean you don't have a God if you don't live in Eretz Yisrael. It just means it's like you're worshiping idolatry, right? Did anyone ever tell David to go worship other gods? If a person lives out of Eretz Yisrael, it's as if they've worshipped idolatry. Now, I will say, these Gemaras require an incredible amount of explanation. Because what, what does this mean? First of all, the great, many, many generations of great Rabbanim, sages, lived outside of Eretz Yisrael. So there is, I have such a story to share with you, like such a ridiculously amazing Magid of Mezrich about this, but the truth is we'll have to move weiter a little bit. What I just want to show you is the idea that Chazal is trying to express to us that there is a different relationship when one with Hashem, when one lives in Eretz Yisrael versus when one lives outside of Eretz Yisrael. And it's very important. Now again, are Chazal being a bit hyperbolic? Are they being hyperbolic in this? According to most opinions, yes. They're, they're trying to make a point that there is, lest you think that the only nicer thing about Eretz Yisrael is that there are more Jews or that the buses have their destinations in Hebrew across the top. That's beautiful also, right? Or that there's a siren before Shabbos. That's a, no, there, there is something spiritually, tangibly different about Eretz Yisrael, about the relationship that a Jew could have with Hashem is different in Eretz Yisrael than it is in Chutz La'aretz. And therefore, by definition, the relationship is so different that if you put them side by side, it's almost as if a Jew who is living outside of Eretz Yisrael is worshipping idols. Almost as if a Jew who is living outside of Eretz Yisrael has a different God, doesn't have a relationship with Hashem. Just when you put that side by side spiritual comparison, 
You cannot compare the possibilities that a Jew has for a relationship with Hashem in Eretz Yisrael versus outside of Eretz Yisrael. Incredible. So the Gemara goes by to Rabbi Zira, how they come to Shtam and Rabbi Huda, to buy the Mesek of Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Zira is actually a great story. Rabbi Zira wanted to move to Eretz Yisrael. He, he was avoiding Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda, because he knew that Rabbi Huda was going to convince him or try to compel upon him not to move to Eretz Yisrael. Dumb Rabbi Huda, because Rabbi Huda felt, therefore again, I will say, what was Rabbi Zira doing? Most times, what do we do when we don't want to, right, confront problems? We avoid them, right? It's fantastic. It works for many, for, for decades, right? So I will say, so again, so Rabbi Zira goes ahead and he's trying to avoid Rabbi Huda. So Dumb Rabbi Huda, call all me Baba Eretz Yisrael, Avu Rabbi Huda was of the opinion, that whoever leaves Babel to go to Eretz Yisrael is in violation of a positive commandment. What's the positive commandment? Top of Kof Yud Aleph, Babela Yuvo B'Shama Yihiyu Ad Yom Pak Dio Samnu Hashem. That was say he doesn't literally mean a positive commandment because the pasuk they're quoting over here is from Yish- from Yirmiyo, not from Yisha, not 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 from the Torah. But nevertheless, the pasuk says he will be brought to Babel and there you will remain until I redeem you. Rabbi Yehuda was of the opinion that Jews only go back to Eretz Yisrael ultimately again when Mashiach comes, when redemption comes, right? But Jews don't go back to Eretz Yisrael of their own volition, of their own volition. So therefore again, Rabbi Yehuda really wants, sorry, Rabbi Zerah really wants to go. He knows that Rabbi Yehuda, his Rabbi, is going to be very much opposed. See, he just avoids, he avoids Rabbi Yehuda. So he wants Rabbi Zerah, how, so what did Rabbi Zira about they do with that Pasuk? Rabbi Zira felt that Pasuk was actually not said regarding people, it was said regarding utensils. So meaning you don't like the Klisharis, which were exiled, will be brought back when Mashiach comes. I have Rabbi Yehuda. What is Rabbi Yehuda? Where does he learn Klisharis? Ksiv Kra'achrina. There's another Pasuk. There's another Pasuk. Hishbati, another Shavuah. Another Shavua. That Shavua, he understood ultimately, I was talking about Klisharis, Rabbi Huda. What is Rabbi Huda talking about? According, sorry, Rabbi Zera. What does Rabbi Zera do with that Shavua? Hahu shelo ya'alu Yisrael b'choma. So we'll say Rabbi Zera agreed with Rabbi Huda in that there were certain restrictions upon Jewish re-entry into Eretz Yisrael in pre-Messianic times, which are Jews can't go back to Eretz Yisrael with force. We cannot reconquer the land with force until Mashiach comes. Rabbi Huda, Hishbat Yachrinaksim. Rabbi Huda agrees with that, but he said there's another Shvua, Rabbi Zera. Rabbi Zera needed that other Shvua for another reason. I'll say, here we go. Damar, Gimel Shvuas Halalulam. So I'll say, if you look throughout these Psukim in Yemiyo, it's the truth is, I'm sorry, not Yemiyo, in Shia Shirim, excuse me. In Shia Shirim, there are multiple, multiple Shvuas. I should say, both in Yemiyo and in Shia Shirim. There seem to be multiple oaths that, that a Kalish Baruch Hu administers to Klav Yisrael. So listen to this. Gimel Shvuas Halalulamu. Why do I, why does the Navi bring down three different oaths administered to Klav Yisrael? So we'll say the three oaths are like this. Number one, Shalo Ya'alu B'choma. Did I both say, in the diaspora, if Jews want to go back to Eretz Yisrael, we are not allowed to retake the land by force. Not allowed to retake the land by force. Va'achos, Shishbiya Kalish Baruch Hu. Shua number two is Chashbaruch made us swear that we will not rebel against the nations of the world. In other words, that part of being in diaspora ultimately is being under the rulership of Gentile nations and we will not rebel against that rule until Mashiach comes. The Achos, 
The third oath was Hashem administered to the nations of the world, that the nations of the world should not go ahead and afflict us too much. Should not persecute us too much. But I just want to point out, the Gemara, this Gemara, what we call the Gimel Shavuos, this Gemara serves as the fundamental basis to the opposition against Zionism. So for example, the Satmarav, was a great tzaddik, fiercely anti-Zionistic. Fiercely anti-Zionistic. I will say, I want to be clear. He was anti-Zionism. He loved Klal Yisrael more than anyone could ever imagine. And he loved Eretz Yisrael more than anyone could ever imagine. The Satmarav was against the concept of Zionism. He was against the concept of Jews now in the pre-Messianic era creating a democratic homeland. He felt that that was not right. Why? Because the Rebbe felt it's a more complicated argument than this, but on the most basic level, Kedush Baruch Hu said, you are in diaspora until I bring you back. That's the way it works. You're in diaspora until I bring you back. And there is an oath. There are oaths about that. There are oaths about that. Now, I will say, many counter the Satmarov's ideology with a very simple idea. The three oaths are a package. Number one, don't retake the land without, with force, or so force. Number two, don't rebel against your, your Gentile hosts in diaspora lands. Number three, to the nations of the world, don't mistreat the Jews. Well, newsflash, the nations of the world violated number three, right? They violated number three. And if number three is violated, if number three, and by the way, for 2,000 years, they've been violating number three. So if number three is violated, many posit that the other two fall off as well. But I'm just pointing out, it is fascinating to see the opposition against Zionism, at least I'm saying from the Satmarov's ideology, was not a political thing. It's not like today everything is politicized. It, it, it was a fundamental machlokis in Hashkafa. Or I should say in Halacha. It's not just Hashkafa, but in Halacha. And again, it's all this Gemara. Much more to say, but let's go right there. So the Gemara says as follows. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda, what does he say? Im ta'iru ve'im ta'oruru. So Rabbi say he holds that Halacha la'maisa, the Shavua against going back. See, Rabbi said, here's what's interesting. If you look at this, the idea about, about Shavua, about going back, the Shavua is upon the nation. So Rabbi Zera felt, Rabbi Zera didn't disagree necessarily with the idea that there's a Shavua, that Klal Yisrael can't go back to Eretz Yisrael. What he was disagreeing with as follows, he felt that the Shavua was upon the Am, the nation. Klal Yisrael cannot go ahead, cannot go ahead, excuse me, and decide as a nation to go back to Eretz Yisrael. But Lamaisa, individuals have the ability to do so. So therefore, Rabbi Zira felt that as an individual, he had the right to go. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Huda, in ta'iru ve'in Rabbi Huda says, in other words, the Bible said, the Lashon of the Pasuk is in ta'iru if you awaken or you arouse. He felt, Rabbi Huda felt that the, the prohibition was both upon what? The nation as well as individuals. Incredible. So the Gemara Rabbi Zira, Rabbi Rabbi Zira needs a double Lashon like Rabbi Levi. Damar, sheish shvuas halalu lama. So we'll say, so the truth is, because the Shavuos are phrased in the plural of literally again, if you awaken or you arouse, so really the three Shavuos, the three oaths, are really six oaths. So what do you need them for? So we'll say three are the ones we just mentioned before. Number one, Kalal Yisrael can't retake Eretz Yisrael with force. Number two, number two, we can't rebel against our Gentile hosts, right, in diaspora. And number three, the nations of the world cannot overly oppress us. But there's another three. So the Gemara says, Number one, both say that the Nevi'im cannot reveal the, the time of the arrival of Mashiach. Number three, number four, Listen to this, there's a Shavu against Klal Yisrael not 
to delay the arrival of Mashiach. Rebbe, see, hear this? Klali Yisrael took a shvua that we cannot delay the arrival of Mashiach. Now, what does that mean? Take a look at Rashi, second wide line from the top. Rebbe, say, isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? That ultimately, again, through our... We, 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 we cannot delay the arrival of Mashiach through our own negative behaviors. Right, Rebbe, see, hear what this means? Every single time I commit an Avera, I'm in violation of this oath. As if I didn't walk around with enough guilt. Isn't this absolutely incredible? Our actions matter so much that when a Jew commits an Avera, literally again, I'm in violation of the oath not to delay the arrival of Mashiach. Incredible. And number three, or number six, They should not reveal the secret. Also what they call the Rashi says, the Sod Ha'ibar. Either it's the secret of the intercalation of the months, or ultimately others say it refers to other esoteric parts of the Torah. Okay. Bitsivaos oba ayalos asada. Amra Belazar, Amra Makalishbarakal Israel. If you go ahead and you uphold these shvuas, mutav, then we're good. Literally, again, I will permit your flesh for consumption like the deer or like the hinds of the field. Baruch Hu says these are serious shavuos that you need to take, that you need to treat with the utmost severity. I'm Rabbi Lazar. We'll see, here we go. It's incredible. We'll say, isn't this incredible? If you live in Eretz Yisrael, you have no sin. Nefesh Benefesh should put this on the homepage, right? If you, if you live in Eretz Yisrael, you have no sin. Your sins are wiped away. Because over the Gemara quotes the Pasuk, So I will say, when the Torah describes those who live in Eretz Yisrael, it describes them as Nasu Avon. Nasu Avon, which means again, without sin. Without sin. The power of living in Eretz Yisrael is simply, again, it erases one's Averos. I'm only Ravala Ravashi. Again, I will say, so much more to talk about with this, but uh, all right, we'll, we'll have a beautiful Sima Merasesh week from Thursday night. We'll talk a little bit more about these Sogis then. I'm only Ravala Ravashi. Anan besovli chaloi masnin Allah. So Rav said to Ravashi, the truth is, I, we, I understood this Pasuk as referring to illness, as referring to illness that Eretz Yisrael has certain curative powers not to do with sin. Okay, I'm Rav Anan. Kala kabar be'eretz Yisrael, kilu kabar ta'achas mizbeach. Rav Osei, incredible. Whoever merits to be buried in Eretz Yisrael is as if he is buried underneath the actual earth of the mizbeach. In other words, Rav Osei, what that means is the same way that the mizbeach atones, burial in Eretz Yisrael atones for one's sins as well. Ksiv hacha, mizbeach adama ta'aseli, Torah says, make me a Mizbeach Adama. So we'll say, so again, the idea over here is, Adama Adama, right? Just like the Mizbeach atones, so to burial in Eretz Yisrael. And I will say, by the way, it's very important. This is, everyone's like, why do we have this concept of being buried in Eretz Yisrael? Like, what, what, what is that? So we'll say, we'll see more, but this is it. This is it. Because burial in Eretz Yisrael affects a level of atonement that burial in Chutz La'aretz cannot. Again, we'll discuss, don't think burial in Chutz La'aretz is beyond salvation, chas v'shalom. But Lamaisa, there's a certain, there's a certain kaparadic aspect. Well, let's say, but I want, okay, well, all right, look, good. Ula, Ula, have a regal da have a salach Eretz Yisrael. Suppose listen to this. Ula often went to Eretz Yisrael. Nach nafshe b'chutz la'aretz. So interestingly enough, Ula died in Chutzlar. See, he often, he often went to Eretz Yisrael. In other words, Ula lived in Babel. Ula lived in Babel, but he would often travel to Eretz Yisrael. 
Interestingly enough, he passed away. He passed away outside of Eretz Yisrael. Asu Amle Rabbi Lazar, Amar Ant Ula Ala Damatmea Tamus. So they came to they came to Rabbi Lazar and they said people were very troubled that Ula that Ula died in Chutzlaretz because ultimately again they said Ant Ula Ala Damatmea Tamus should Ula die in impure lands. Amrlo, so so Rabbi Rabbi Lazar said to him, don't worry, Arono Ba. They're, he's being taken. His casket is being taken to Eretz for burial. So don't worry. His arm is being taken. Amr lahem, ain't not listen to this. So so the Amr lahem, he said, Eino dome koltaso mechaim le koltaso la You cannot compare someone who is absorbed by the land during his lifetime to someone who is absorbed by the land only after his death. And the Rebbe said, it's a beautiful thing to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. It's an even better thing to live in Eretz Yisrael. In other words, we say this every single day in davening. Bring us upright. Bring us upright to our land. Let me get to Eretz Yisrael on my own two feet and not lying down. It was an incredible, incredible thing. And I was I want to point out, even if you're a chassid of Satmurav, right? So again, you reject Zionism. Right, Lamaisa, remember again, this is Chazal talking. Right, this isn't Theodore Herzl, right? I'm just saying, like, like you know, this is Gemara Mesechus Ksuvas. I'm just saying, often we, we, we wrap up the beauty of Eretz Yisrael in certain ideologies. Eretz Yisrael is, 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 it's apart from any ideology. It's apart from any movement. It's Kiddusha is from the very beginning of time. And it's important. Importance has nothing to do with any particular party or affiliation. It's kedusha. It's holiness. It's from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We'll say it's just incredible. Say in Adoma, Yes. So we'll say just see the progression after the Gemara spoke about the importance of burial in Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara says, but by the way, don't think that it's enough just to be buried there. The idea is to try to get there when I'm standing on my own two feet. Pretty crazy story here. There was a guy. There was a guy. And Yivama, so we'll call him Ruvain, right? Ruvain, Ruvain's brother Shimon passed away without children in Bechoza, outside of Eretz Yisrael. Should I go? Should I go now to Bechoza? Should I leave Eretz Yisrael to go do Yibomor Chalitza? Amrale, listen to this. Amrale, he said to him, Achiv Nasa Kusis Umes, your brother married a Kusis and he died. Baruch HaMokom Shahargo. Thank God that he was killed. And that you should go to him. They both say, this was a little strong. Obviously, the brother didn't actually marry Akusis. Because if the brother married Akusis, then what? Then what? Then there's no Yibum. What, 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 what Rabbi Hanino was saying was, essentially, he got what's coming to him because he lived outside of Eretz Yisrael. They both say, I don't know that this is our accepted hashkafa, right? Or our accepted approach to these matters. The Gemara is just bringing this in again as a reinforcement, as a highlight of the importance of Eretz Yisrael. I'm Rabbi Hudamar Shmuel. Kashim very interesting. The same way that it is Asr to leave Eretz Yisrael to go to Babel, it is also Asr to leave Babel to go to other lands. So now we're going to see, interestingly enough, after we finish with Eretz Yisrael, Bavel itself also enjoyed a very unique status because Bavel was a Torah center. Therefore, by definition, it, it just uh, it enjoyed a different status. So the Rabbah, even in Bavel itself, to go from Pumpadisa, 
which also was a Torah center, to Bekuvi, which was just a regular city. Hahu did not from Pumadisa to Bekuvi. There was a guy who went from Pumadisa to Bekuvi, Shanti Rav Yosef, and Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef excommunicated him. Hahu did not from Pumadisa to There was a guy that from Pumadisa to Astunya, Shachiv, and he died. Am Rabaye, Iboy Haitra, So I'll say, Rabaye said, if he wanted to live, he could have lived, meaning the fact that he left the city of Torah and relocated to uh, somewhere else, that was the cause of his demise. Okay. Rabbi of Rav Yosef, Tamar Tarabayu, Ksherin Sheba Sheba Bavel, Eretz Yisrael called Tassim. It was very interesting, Gimar. Rabbi of Rav Yosef said, the Ksherin, right? The people, the Kasher people in Bavel are absorbed by Eretz Yisrael. Ksherin Sheba Sha'ar Atzos, Bavel called Tassim. And the Ksherin in, in other lands are absorbed by Bavel. So the Gemara says, Lamai, when you say absorbed, absorbed for what? What does that mean? If you want to say it's about Yichos, that can't be about Because interestingly enough, all the other lands are considered to be like dough compared to fine, fine flour. When it comes to, right? When it comes to Eretz Yisrael, in other words, that in Eretz Yisrael, they are much more careful about Yichos, about maintaining proper family lines than they were in diaspora lands. The Eretz Yisrael, Isal Bavel. Interestingly enough, when it came to Yichos, to preserving family lines, right? They mean very medak, being very careful with preserving family records, really family records, right? Yichos, Bavel was actually more diligent in the vigilant than Eretz Yisrael in this. El Inyan Kvura. Rather, what it means is for burial, meaning that the Ksherim of, ba- of, of Bavel were brought to Eretz Yisrael for burial. And the Kshirim of Chutz Laaretz were brought to Bavel for burial. Incredible. So I'm Rav Yehuda. Kaladar Bavel, Kiladar Eretz Yisrael. Israel says, it's just amazing. I have like this range of opinions. Whoever lives in Bavel, it's as if he lived in Eretz Yisrael. Very interesting. Shnei Amar Haitzion, Himalti Yosheves Yosheves Bas Bavel. Amr Abaye. First, why then I will say Bavel lo chazia chavli de Mashiach. Bavel will not see the birth pangs of Mashiach. So we'll say, which was saying that, again, I'll say, here what you, what you begin to see, first of all, Bavel, because of its proximity to Eretz Yisrael, also has a unique status, but also because, remember, again, Bavel became the Torah capital of Klal Yisrael. Became the Torah capital, right? With the structure of the first base, I mean, it became the Torah capital, and the truth is that didn't change. Even with the building of the second base, I mean, it still remained the Torah capital. So because of that, Bavel is afforded or accorded a, spe- a special status, Bavel will not see the birth pangs of Mashiach. Tirgama Ahotzel Dominyamin. Specifically, again, the area that's called Hutzel Dominyamin, the Karle Karna de Shezifta. And this, they called it the corner of salvation, the corner of Geula. Amr Balazar, Mesim Shebechutz Laaretz Einam Chaim. Wow. We'll say, the dead of Chutz Laaretz do not have the brach of Tchian Samesim Mashiach comes. Incredible. Incredible. We'll say, second wide line. Right, so Tchian Samesim comes, those buried in Chutz Laaretz will not be resurrected. Shine Emar, don't worry, we'll say, it's not the conclusion. So the says, Shine Emar, Benasati Tzvi Ba'aretz Chaim. Right, Eretz Shetzivyone Ba'mesea Chaim. So we'll say, what does it mean? Literally, again, I will give my Tzvi, like my favor, Ba'aretz Chaim in the land of the living, Eretz Shetzivyoni, by the land that has my favor, i.e. Eretz Yisrael, Mesim Chaim, the dead will come back to life. Shein Zivyoni, but the land that doesn't have my favor, 
ultimately a mesim chayimba. The dead won't come back to life. So it sounds like again, tchias hamesim only occurs to the dead in Eretz Yisrael, not to the dead in Chozars. Masim Rabbi Abba Bar Mamol yichyu mesecha nevlasi yikumun my love yichyu mesecha mesim shev Eretz Yisrael. So we'll say, doesn't that mean yichyu mesecha refers to the dead of Eretz Yisrael? Nevlasi yikumun the corpses will stand up mesim shev chutzlaretz. So we'll say so two different phrases for the dead of Eretz Yisrael, dead of chutzlaretz. Umay venasati tzvi. So we'll say it sounds it seems to indicate. That even the dead of Chutz Laaretz come back. What does it mean when it says, I will give my tzvi in the land of the living? That's referring to Nebuchadnezzar, who destroyed the first base. I will bring upon you a king who is as swift as a deer. Which was a reference to Nebuchadnezzar and his armies. Rebbe says, I have a different Pasuk. What's the different Pasuk? Literally, again, I will go and give in the Shema, right, for the nation that is upon it, and those who walk to it, which is a reference to those who die outside of Eretz Yisrael. That refers ultimately again to us, it's actually incredible, to miscarriages. Miscarriages. So apparently, even miscarried pregnancies ultimately come back with Triasamesim, which is absolutely incredible. What does he do with that, with that phrase? Well, it's incredible. He uses it to teach us that even a non-Jewish maidservant, Shifcha Kinanis in Eretz Yisrael, is guaranteed a portion in the world to come. Now, both say, Bipashtos Olam Haba in this context could either mean Messianic era or actual Olam Haba. Bipashtos, Bipashtos, it means Messianic era. Ksiv Hacha, Liamal, Ksiv Hasam, Shavulachem Poim Achamar, Madoma Lachamar. Fine. Viruach, Loholchem Ba, Amram Yabba Am, Amram Yokonon. It was incredible. Whoever goes ahead and walks Dalar Amos in Eretz Yisrael has a guaranteed portion in the world to come. And the world was saying, isn't that an incredible Gemara? All you need to do is walk Dalar Amos. And I was saying, now just point out to you, by the way, right? We have a mission of us that says, Kol Yisrael Yeshlem Chol Chelek Haba. Whenever you see Gemara, so that's it. All I have to do is walk Dalaramas in Eretz Yisrael and suddenly have a portion of the world to come. It's reminiscent of the Gemara in Mesech's Brachos, right? Remember, we spoke about this before. If you say Ashrei three times a day, you go to Lama. So I say, remember again, I mentioned this before, the Ritva and Brachos brings down. Whenever you see Gemaras like this, the Gemara never means to say, this is the only thing you have to do, right? So I buy a ticket, I walk four Amas in Ben-Gurion, get, all, get back on the plane, and that's it, I'm done, right? Check box, Olam Haba, I'm good. Of course not. Of course not. What it means is, Walking Dalit Amas and Eretz Yisrael, combined with many other pieces of dynamic life activity, right, secures for you a beautiful, beautiful portion of the world to come. It's trying to highlight the importance and the Kiddushah of even just walking the land. So I'll say, Kurt Lazar, Sadiqim in Chutzlarz don't come back to life. Or as I'll say, if you say that there's no Tchias Amesim for those buried outside of Eretz Yisrael, so that would that apply to even Sadiqim? So Rabbi Loi, Ayidei Gilgal. No, no, no. They come back to life, I will say, but there's what's called Gilgal. Now I will say Gilgal doesn't mean reincarnation. Gilgal literally means their remains roll to Eretz Yisrael. 
and they're resurrected in Eretz Yisrael. Sirabosai, when the Gemara is suggesting over here, when we said there's no resurrection, there's no Tchensamisim in Chutzlar, it means resurrection itself doesn't occur in Chutzlar, it's in diaspora. What happens is the remains roll to Eretz Yisrael, and we're going to talk about these subterranean tunnels, and then they're resurrected in Eretz Yisrael. But there's no resurrection outside of the land. Incredible. So the Gemara says, So Maskifla, Maskifla, Rabbi Abbasala, Rabbi Gilgul Tzadikim Sarhu. But ultimately, again, won't this Gilgul be painful? Won't this Gilgul, won't this rolling be painful for the righteous? Am Rabbi Mechilos Nasus Labakarka. Ultimately, Hashem makes these subterranean tunnels. And it's these, through these tunnels that the tzaddikim are able, their remains are able to get to Eretz Yisrael, and they're resurrected there. Now, I will point out that Chazal also speaks about the idea that the, the Gilgal can be painful. For tzaddikim, the Gilgal is not painful. For non-tzaddikim, the Gilgal can be painful. The Gemara says, Remember, again, Yaakov Avinu, when he dies, he tells his children, I'm going to die here in Egypt, but I want you to bury me. Bury me in Eretz Yisrael. Amar Karna, Dvarim Bego, Yodea Haye Yaakov Avinu. Right? I'm sorry. Amar Karna, Dvarim Bego, Yodea, Dvarim Bego. Yaakov Avinu knew certain things. Something, something deeper is being said here. Yodea Haye Yaakov Avinu, Shetzadi Gamar Haya. Yaakov Avinu knew that he was absolutely righteous. Vim Mesim Shebuchutz Lartz Chaim, Lam Hetriach Hezbanov. So if Yaakov, right? Yaakov knew that he was righteous. And if the righteous and Chutz Lartz are resurrected, then why did Yaakov Avinu tell his family? To move his remains to Yisrael, he was concerned that maybe he will not merit to have his remains go through the tunnels from Chutzlarz to Eretz Yisrael in order to be resurrected. Therefore, he asked his family to bury him in Eretz Yisrael. Similarly, again, to Omer by Ashba Yosef as Yisrael, Yosef also made his children take a shvua to carry his remains to Eretz Yisrael. Omer Vichanina Tvarim Bego. Yosef knew that he was righteous. And again, if the dead of Chutzlars are resurrected, why did he go ahead and why was he matriach, right? Why did he, why did he put upon his children? To, uh, Yosef only goes and Am Yisrael leaves 210 years later, right? So why ultimately again does he tell his children? I'm sorry, that's incorrect, right? So why did, why did he, why was he matriach his children? To go ahead and take his remains. So what you, so bottom line, bottom line, are the dead of Chutzlarz resurrected? The answer is yes, but they're not resurrected in Chutzlarz. What happens when Mashiach comes, there are tunnels that connect Chutzlarz with Eretz Yisrael, and the remains of the righteous roll through those tunnels. It appears that if one is buried in Eretz Yisrael, they automatically benefit from the bracha of Tchias HaMesim. In Chutzlar, it sounds like one has to merit going through the tunnels in order to make it to Eretz Yisrael. Pretty incredible. Listen to this story. There was once a guy. There was once a guy, and he was madly in love with a particular woman. Okay. What was the problem? Long distance relationship. He was in Eretz Yisrael, she was in Chutz Laaretz. Ubikish Leirate, and he decided, you know what, I'm going to leave Eretz Yisrael in order to marry. And I both say, there are three reasons you're allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael. Number one, marriage. Number two, Parnassa. Number three, if the Rebbe you need in order to self actualize is outside of Eretz Yisrael, 
you can go to your Rebbe. See, so decide, you know what? I lo- I'm in love with this lady. I'm going to go marry her. Fine. Kevan Sheshama Kazos, say, once he heard about this whole thing, the importance of Eretz Yisrael, the profoundness of Eretz Yisrael, once, once he heard about all of this, he decided, Gilgil Ba'atzma Adyomoso. He decided just not to get, right? He decided not to go. Now, interestingly enough, it sounds like over here, he didn't get married. Now, why he couldn't find another lady in Eretz Yisrael, I, I don't know, right? But Lamaisa, the point the Gemara is making over here is he was so taken by these Gemaras about Eretz Yisrael that he decided not to pursue the love of his life and go ahead and leave Eretz Yisrael. Incredible. So the Gemara says, mirabo. So I'll say, he says to him, even though you're a great Chacham, right, if, if you take a look, if you take a look, um, yeah, fine. So, Afal Bishai, Abishcha, Godomata, Im Domalom, Milom, Rabo, Vim Tomar, Ain Lacharav, I maybe will say that you, you don't have a Rebbe, therefore you have to leave. Umanu, Yesh Lacharav, you can have a Rebbe to learn from Umanu, Rabbi Yochanan. Ultimately, again, who can you learn from Rabbi Yochanan? Vim Einata Ola, and if you don't go ahead and come to Eretz Yisrael, he's Rabbishol Shadvarim. Go ahead and be careful with three things. One of the three things. Number one, Altar Bebi Yeshiva. So I'll say, it's interesting. So he's giving him three pieces of, it's just a continuation of the previous story. He's telling him, be careful with three things. What are the three things? Altar Bebi Yeshiva. Don't sit too much. She Yeshiva Kashla Tachtonios. Sitting too much causes hemorrhoids. Okay? The Altar Bebi Amida. Don't stand too much. She Amida Kashla Because standing too much is not good for the heart. The Altar Bebi Don't walk too much. Ultimately, again, because walking too much is difficult, ultimately, again, for the eyes. Ella Shlish, I will say, by the way, I have something, I want to share with you something I missed, but we have to at least turn the page in a Dafyomi share. So we're going to leave. Right, Ella Shlish, rather, I will say, what should you do? Shlish be yeshiva, spend one third of your life sitting. Shlish by me, the one third standing, one third walking. Call yeshiva sheni masmicha. And I will say, this is simply just, just health tips. Call yeshiva sheni masmicha. Any, any, any sitting that, that, right, and she, sorry, call yeshiva any sitting that doesn't have leaning with it. So, amida no chahemenu. In other words, if you're not supporting yourself on something, so ultimately, again, the standing is better. So, the Gemara says, so, um, I'm sorry, sorry, call yeshiva she'eni masmicha, amida no chahemenu. Amida, really standing is better. Amida sandaitra, va'amra amida kashalev. You just said before that standing is difficult for the heart. So, the Gemara says, Ella yeshiva, She'en ba smicha, she'en ba smicha. Rather, Abbas, we're talking about over here, sitting, that is unsupported sitting. Amida she'esh ba smicha, no chaymena. So sitting in an unsupported, in an unsupported way, standing with support is even better. Better health-wise. V'chein amru, yitzlak v'shimun v'oshia, amru davar echad, halacha krab yehudu b'prados. Abbas, say, similarly again, Abbas, we're just quoting some of the halachas over here by, from Eretz Yisrael. The halacha follows Rabbi Yehuda by mules. What's Rabbi Yehuda saying about The son Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Pirda Shetava in Mar Sus Chamor If a mule wants to mate, we don't mate it with a horse or with a donkey. Rather, you only mate it with another mule. Amr Nachem Bar Yitzchak. Amr Nachem Bar Yitzchak. Yitzchak Ze Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha Shimon Ze Rabbi Shimon Ben Pazi. Amr Lei Reishlagish Oshia Ze Rabbi Oshia Ben Rabbi. Amr Rabbi Lazar. So again, all just different attributions. So Amr Rabbi Lazar, I apologize for the pace at which we're going. It kills me. Mamish Kimi, this is such, such incredible Gemara, but all right, I have to make a little bit of headway. Amr Rabbi Lazar, 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 Amr Rabbi
do not have the brach of Tchiasa Mesim. Right? They, so the Amoratsim are not resurrected. Shneemar, Mesim Bal Yichyu. Taina, okay, Bryce says, supports this. Mesim Bal Yichyu. Yachlu Lakol. Tamulomar, Rifoim Bayakumu. So we'll say one who one who willingly neglects the study of Torah. We'll say, by the way, in this type of situation, Amaris doesn't mean someone who doesn't even know what they don't know. Right? We're talking about someone who knows. In other words, they know enough to try to know, but they make absolutely no effort to come to know. Such an individual does not get the brach of Tchas Amesim. To which the Gemara says, so the Gemara says, but one second, is it, is it a problem? As I say, interestingly, Rabbi Yochanan was very bothered by this. Really? I will say, there's a lot of Jews who are Amaratzim. A lot of Jews who are Amaratzim. So now you've just cut out an entire segment of Klav Yisrael, ultimately from Tchias Amesim. Is that the right thing to do? To which the Gemara, I think it means something else. When the Torah speaks about, again, Refaim Bayakumu, that those who, those who loosen their grip will not be resurrected. That's not about Amaratzim. Rather, what is that about? That's how someone who loosens his grip and allows himself to worship idolatry. So, Anyone who utilizes the light of Torah, the light of Torah resurrects him. And anyone who does not use the light of Torah, the light of Torah does not resurrect him. So I will say, we'll stop over here with this. I just want to show you one quick thing in the last minute we have. So there's this machlokas. There's machlokas. Do Amaratzim, are Amaratzim resurrected or not? Are they, are, are they resurrected or not? We'll, we'll continue that machlokas and Amir Sashem, see the halacha or the conclusion tomorrow. I will say, just to share with you a very, very quick idea on those last two lines in Amadalif. So I will say, so the advice, the advice that, that the Gemara was giving was be careful with three things. Altar be yeshiva, right? Altar be yeshiva. So, right? so, so be careful with sitting too much. The Gemara says, why? Because sitting too much causes hemorrhoids, right? Don't stand too much, because standing too much ultimately, again, is bad for the heart. And don't walk too much, because walking too much is bad for the eyes. I will say, perhaps what Chazal is teaching us is like this. Don't sit too much. I will say, what does sitting mean? What does sitting mean? Sitting means remaining in place. Remaining in place. Don't remain in place for too long in life. Don't stymie your growth. Don't be complacent with mediocrity. Because do you know what yeshiva, just sitting in place and not moving yourself alive, do you know what that does? It causes tachtonios. Tachtonios, I will say, doesn't just simply mean hemorrhoids, right? Tachtonios means, tachton means like bottom, small-mindedness. When you remain in place for too long, you simply give up on yourself. You simply forget that you are un- incapable, incapable, incapable of accomplishing anything great. Next, al-tarbe ba'amida. They will say, amida means standing in place, means a person standing their ground. There are some people who always have to be right. Some people who, all right, the world is wrong. The world is wrong. I know what I'm talking about. I, everyone else says, you know, no, I'm right. I'm always right. A person who's always omate, a person who always stands their ground, Kasha lelev, kasha lelev. I'll say it hardens the heart. In order to have a soft heart, in order to have a lave that's receptive, you have to be nochem abrios. You have to know how to get along with people. You have to know how to be mavater. You have to know how to yield. You have to know how to give in. Life is not about winning. Life is about accomplishing. So don't be an omade. Don't be a person who always stands his ground. And if you do, it's going to be difficult. You're going to harden your heart. And lastly. 
Right? So we'll say, don't, don't walk around. What does it mean, don't walk around too much? Because walking around is difficult for the inayim, for the eyes. So we'll say, there are some people who are always wandering around looking for the next best thing. Right? The grass is always greener somewhere else. I'm going to try this. I'm going to go here. This is this. This is this. They're always walking around. Always walking around. Kasha le'inayim. Kasha le'inayim means, I will say, there's a concept of sensory overload. There's sometimes if you spend your life always looking, right, at what others have, what others do, what's happening over here, instead of focusing on what you have in front of you and maximizing your circumstances, kasha le'inayim. Ultimately, again, I will say, it's sensory overload and a person ends up accomplishing very little. So don't remain in place because remaining in place ultimately causes small-mindedness. Don't always stand your ground. Don't always have to be right because it hardens your heart. And don't spend your life looking at what other people have, thinking the grass is always greener. Maximize what you have right in front of you. I will say tomorrow, last off of Ksuvis. Very exciting.